This is Thoughts from the Metal Cavern, where only one opinion matters, and it's not yours. G'day there. How's your day been? Yeah, mine's probably been the same. But seeing as you have bothered to go to your podcast provider and choose this podcast to listen to, I guess I'd better expand on the day at hand. So this is what I've found interesting in the last day or so. This is the Almanac Report on Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. Hi there everyone and thank you for tuning in to a much delayed episode of Thoughts from the Metal Cavern and the Almanac Report. Now, I don't know about you and and how much AFL you watch, but I honestly believe that this season's AFL has been endlessly fascinating for several reasons. Firstly, it looked for a while like uh, Richmond might miss the finals, which would have been wonderful. Now it doesn't appear to be the case. Uh, We see North Melbourne uh, still anchored to the bottom and they've gotten rid of their coach. West Coast, for some reason, have been unable to win games with their roster. It's just amazing what's happened over there this year. Uh, And plenty of other teams have found the going a little bit harder than normal. I think one of the things, though, that we could all agree on is that at the start of this season, we were going to see seasons of mixed messages for the Carlton Football Club and the Collingwood Football Club. Now, 2022 was supposed to be Carlton's season. This was the one where they were finally going to crack it for a finals berth after, what, a 78-year rebuild that's been going on and on and on, and that it would finally show its worth, that sacking David Teague as coach halfway through last season and hiring Michael Voss to come in would be the move that would spark the team and send the club forward into finals and hopefully glory. On the other hand, (laughs) we have the Collingwood saga, who have gone from grand finalists and leading the grand final for all but the last 100 seconds in 2018 to missing finals and then last year having their coach Nathan Buckley finally resigned, pushed as hard as I could possibly do to get him to go, as well as Eddie Maguire and any other number of uh, people on the Collingwood board. And Collingwood was predicted this year to be as low on the ladder as dead last. Now, surely you would think that they, they when Buckley resigned last year, Collingwood had the most negative attack in the competition. They just didn't simply couldn't score points. Their defence was good but they were incapable of putting on points on the scoreboard that would win them games. And you would think that surely that the new coach coming in, Craig McRae, would need some time to not only rally his troops, but get over the salary cap issues that the club has had in recent years, where we seem to be paying half of our players who are playing in other clubs now, and try and rebuild the club into a finals prospect again over something like the next three to five years. Now, the start of the season went pretty much as scripted. After nine rounds, Carlton was 7-2 and and in fourth spot, and they were flying, playing in open attacking footy and winning games, and were being spoken of suddenly as not just a top-eight team, but as a top-four team, and 
if they made the top four, where could they go from there? Now, Collingwood was four and five. Probably a little better than experts, ex, experts expected, sorry. And they were in 11th spot. Within sight of the eight, but without anyone's expectations that they would actually make the eight. Now we're at round 20, which is 11 rounds later. And in those 11 rounds, Carlton have gone 5 and 6. They're 12 and 8 overall, and they're sitting in 7th spot. Now because of this, they are no longer in the hunt for the top 4. And indeed, they could miss the 8 completely if they lose their final 2 rounds and other results don't go their way. Now back at round 9, that seemed improbable. What else seemed improbable after round 9 was that Collingwood would have won 11 games straight, which is exactly what they've done. They sit at 15-5 and and currently in outright second spot after this amazing run. Now, first place does look beyond them, but they could finish second. If they win their final two games of the season, they could finish this season, the preliminary rounds, in second spot. Or they could fall to as low as 5th or 6th if they lose both of their final games. So, it's a big two weeks for both of these clubs. Carlton must win. They must win to ensure a finals place. While onlookers are waiting for the Pies to finally slip up after such an amazing run. This weekend, Carlton take on reigning Premiers Melbourne, who... <laughs> What a great time to be taking them on. They've just been beaten by Collingwood for the second time this year. And you can guarantee they will absolutely still be smarting over that. And they will be hot for revenge. So, good luck, Carlton. While Collingwood travel to Sydney to take on the Swans in a Sunday afternoon blockbuster up there at the SCG. So, whichever way these results go this weekend, it really does appear that both Collingwood and Carlton's season will likely come down to the final round of the season. And who do they play? (laughs) Why, each other, of course. (laughs) At 3.20pm on a Sunday Arvo at the MCG, and the likelihood of 90,000 people being in attendance at a round match. Not a final, just a round match. With Carlton likely fighting for a finals place, And the Pies likely fighting for a top four spot. I mean, honestly, could the AFL have scripted this any better? After the dire consequences at the start of the season, could there be any better finish for the Pies than to beat Carlton in the final round and banish them from the finals once again and make them wallow for another year, wondering when they'll ever play finals again? I think that would be... A wonderful scenario. And I'm not biased at all. Can the pies! Last weekend, I uh, attended my first game of AFL in three years because of uh, the wonderful thing that COVID was, where we weren't allowed to go to grounds. And then you've also got to manage your children who are going to work and to sporting events and Then the rains came and it's not really much fun driving from the south coast of New South Wales up to Sydney to sit in the rain 
watching football and then driving all the way home wet to your skin. So it's been three years since I last attended an AFL game, and it feels like it. So I went up to the GWS Essendon game at Giants Stadium. Now, my family and I have been uh, members of the Giants since the second year that they were in the competition. And the main reason I did that was that I'm a third generation or fourth generation Collingwood supporter. Our family go back all the way back to 1892 as Collingwood supporters. Uh, and we've had to suffer a lot for that. And the last thing that I wanted for my family was for them to have to continue on the tradition of suffering as a Collingwood supporter. And so we all became members of the GWS Giants from their second year in the competition. And it's been terrific. We go to three or four games every year. We've been to when they beat the Swans in their first ever final. We went to the Bulldogs uh, preliminary final fiasco that occurred there with the year that uh, the Bulldogs won the competition on the back of uh, favourable decisions at all times. Let's not go into that again. But we've been there through the, the tough times and been there through the great times. Now, neither team had much to play for this last weekend. Amazingly, last season, both teams scraped into the eight. GWS were in seventh and the Bombers finished eighth. Essendon was then defeated or thrashed, should I say, by the eventual runners-up, the Western Bulldogs. GWS upset the Swans in the first week by a point. That was quite an amazing game, for anyone who remembers it. But after inspirational Captain Toby Green was suspended for basically shoulder-charging an umpire, uh, they were then defeated the following week by Geelong, or thrashed. So, realistically, I think both clubs overperformed last season. But that has been put to rights this season, because... Before last weekend, Essendon was sitting in 14th spot with 7 wins for the season, and the Giants were in 16th spot with 5 wins. Their worst season in, literally, years. It it, it may well be 8 years, 9 years, I can't remember. Long-term GWS coach Leon Cameron resigned in May, and assistant Mark Mavay is filling in for the rest of the year as they chase like half a dozen other clubs, Alistair Clarkson for 2023. Whereas for the Bombers, Ben Rutten is in his second season as coach. And like all new coaches, after a less than successful season, questions are beginning to be asked about him as well. Now, I was at the ground and there was almost 8,000 people in the ground on the day. It was a nice day, it was a bit breezy, a bit cool, but it was sunny. Now, it's a small figure... But it is an improvement on the crowds that have happened through the year. So the crowds have been building through the year for the Giants. And for a team that's only had five wins before Saturday, it wasn't really as bad a crowd as some Victorians like to make out it is. But come to the game itself, the disposal efficiency of both teams was just so poor. Like, really poor. I'm sitting there with my wife and my son, and we're watching the game, and Seeing guys who are, well, the kicking a goal actually wasn't too bad. There was only a couple, probably two or three kicks that I can remember where they should have kicked goals from uh, from things that went uh, behinds. But just a simple kick to your, your, uh, your own player or a hand pass to the chest, they were not happening. I saw kicks that missed players by five metres. And hand passes that were bouncing at the feet. 
<laughs> or worse, going straight to an opponent. So straight to an opponent. It was just a shambles. And it's easy to see why both teams are so low on the ladder this season. There's no doubt about that. Their skills on the day were really bad. Now, there were some really good passages of play, don't get me wrong, but there were so many uh, incidences of poor disposal efficiency that you could see this is the reason why these teams aren't winning. Now, if that's a coaching thing, then both coaches are under pressure because that's something that they have. both teams have to get right. And surely as a footballer, these are the simple things. These are things that are being taught to eight-year-olds now at, at Auskick and and um, you know in, into the junior football. Just the hand pass to your opponent and just the, the drop punt to your opponent's chest or into their hands. Now, if our guys at the top level aren't doing it, they're either not being coached right or they're playing at a level that's far too high for their skills. The flooding into defence too, that really does annoy me. Like that... That harmed the flow of the game. There was one stage there when we were watching the game when GWS had the ball down in their forward line and every player in the field was in that third of the field. All of the Essendon players had flooded right back into defence to basically stop any clean ball. It was just it was too congested. Neither team could get a clean possession and it really harmed not only the flow of the game but the enjoyment of the game for those who were watching. And again, if that's the way we're going to coach to play AFL now, then these teams are not going to get anywhere because the better teams will find a way through that. And then what else have you got? Let me just say, though, it really was. It was great to be back at the football. It was great to be there sitting amongst the fans, yelling at the umpires uh, and conversing with other fans of both teams sitting around us and just Generally, enjoying sitting in the sun and watching the footy. It was just terrific. Now, to me, it feels as though things are coming back to as normal as we can live with after our COVID years. And so hopefully, for me, when I was sitting there looking around the ground that uh, on, on Saturday, there might have been only 8,000 people there that some people complain about. But most Giants games, when they're at their peak, are getting sixteen or 17,000 people. So... The ground was basically half full. Now, as we get back to normality and we go into 2023, and hopefully the Giants can win more games, which brings the game back into focus in Western Sydney, and we'll get more fans back to the game because once you go once, I think this is the thing to me that I've found, once you've been to one footy game, you can't wait to get back for the next one. And I really feel that. And it's a shame that it's the end of the season. But I can guarantee you that in 2023, I will be coming back and my family will be coming back. So hopefully, in a GWS situation where Victorian teams are quite happy to bag them out because they don't get the 50 or 60,000 people crowds that they do in Victoria, but hopefully, once people go back once, they'll want to go back again. That's all for today's edition of the Almanac Report. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you'll come back and check out further episodes down the track, right here on the podcast, Thoughts for the Metal Cabin.
You have been listening to a Metal Cavern production.